So we're going to talk all about the woo today. That's exciting. So we're going to talk about manifestation, intuitive business practices, varying practical, spiritual, flow state, hot first hustle. Yes. All the things. All the things. Yes. <laughs> As I was reading that, I'm like, oh, look at all that stuff. We're going to have a great conversation. Vanessa McKenzie, the brand name, and I help entrepreneurs gain the mindset, messaging, and visibility to unapologetically show up and build their brands. So how do you build your brand from the inside out? This is the Elevate Podcast. Welcome everyone to the Elevate Podcast. This is Janessa. I am here today with Lindsay Schroeder, and she is a spiritual wellness, intuitive business, and mindset coach with the company that she founded, Our and R. <laughs> you got to say that a couple times sometimes or say it really slow because it, if you say it fast, it just sounds like all one big word, right? Oh, that's exactly it. So people ask me all the time about the name of my business. Mm -hmm. And you actually almost have to do like a meditation or a mantra or a pause to say even the brand name. So it's starting the work as soon as you identify the brand. And I absolutely love that. Like that you have to slow down, take a moment, relax into it and say our and our instead of speeding through it. It's asking you to become present in the moment. Oh my gosh. That's so true. That's amazing. Amazing. Did you, and you did that on purpose? Yeah, when I was first coming up with everything, because it's representative of our divine feminine, and we are divine feminine, which is one of my brand pillars. And when I was placing the way that I wanted to say it and blending it together, my brand manager said to me, but our and our is going to trip people up. You can't say it quickly. And I looked at him and I was like, exactly yeah that's the and he point. was like you want that and I was like I love it it's the cadence that I speak in my own meditations mm. it's the practice that I'm encouraging so many people to engage with of taking a moment being present and spending that awareness time with what it is that you're saying so when people interact with even just my brand name even just my handle as soon as you think it or say it it comes out a little bit slower it's a little bit more delicious it's a little ambrosial and it sparkles in a different way yeah that's totally true totally true fits perfectly mm. So, so tell us a little bit more about what you do, who you serve, and why you serve them. So my name is Lindsay Schroeder, and I am a spiritual wellness. So spiritual wellness, I want you guys to think of the inner work, that internal, that starting from the inside. So practices that support you in going inward, having those internal conversations, and taking care of things like your own energetic awareness, your chakras, your auric field, your shadow work, your inner child work. I'm an intuitive business. So really approaching business from this intuitive place, supporting 
solopreneurs and shifting from hustle to flow, that we can scale our businesses, that we can grow, that we can be wildly abundant and love what it is that we're doing without overworking ourselves, burning out, and that we can really build these businesses in a way that serves us and feels like such deep alignment when we shift into the feminine, when we welcome and receive more than we push and force and hustle and mindset coaching, all about how we're interacting with our own mind, carving those new neural pathways, reprogramming the subconscious, really working with the way that the mind works, the way that the energy works, the way that the body works, and putting it all together from the focus going inside out and marrying those practical pieces with the energetic pieces. Yes. Amen. Amen. To all of that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're going to talk today about, we have a list here that we're going to talk about today. So, but I do want to say that I have said to my audience multiple times, and they're probably like, you know, when they think of me, they're probably thinking of this phrase, stop working till your eyes bleed. Oh yeah, I agree. Yes. I say that to them all the time. I'm like, step away. Do not feel guilty like take care of yourself, all of the things. So why don't we start with flow state versus hustle? Because I think a lot of my audience are probably in that hustle mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so many people, and especially women, we've been taught and trained and programmed that hustle, that the masculine way of achieving and doing and accomplishing is the benchmark for you know conventional success. And I work with solopreneurs. So a lot of individuals who are stepping into their own business, scaling their business, but trying or attempting or achieving doing this in a way that feels really aligned. And so we create these businesses so that we can live the life of our dreams. And I don't know about you, I could take a wild guess, but I'm guessing that the life of your dreams is not 60, 70, 80 hour work weeks working until your eyes bleed and forcing and pushing and making it happen and get, getting it done and err. Hell no. <laughs> exactly. And so stepping into flow state over hustle just allows us to magnetize the things that we desire to us. So we're working not only smarter instead of harder, but more aligned instead of even harder or smarter. That when you work in a more inspired way, when things just start to flow from you, you know, those moments where you're sitting in front of your computer and you're so excited about what you're doing. You feel so inspired. The music that you've got playing is perfect. It's that exact balance of like not distracting you but keeping you going and you've like eaten a really wonderful lunch so it's actually picking you up instead of dropping you down and you're accomplishing so much and you get more done in that two or three hours than you did maybe on another day where you worked six or seven hours or eight or ten hours that's really what I'm focused on supporting business owners and individuals in achieving and accomplishing And not only just achieving once or twice, but learning how to create that overview so that you can consistently step into that practice. Yeah, because I was just going to say, you know, I I had my energy read by a really good friend of mine a couple of years ago. And she had said to me, you're, you're working from your masculine energy. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, I 
we didn't get to talk about how to not do that. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty well, common I, thing. Yeah, Most I, of us know that we understand that the masculine form of success and achievement and doing is kind of the benchmark, like corporate America specifically is based off of that principle. And so, especially when you go from a more corporate position to owning your own business, a lot of us just continue to operate based off of those core beliefs or that operating system or that structure. And we find ourselves in that same position. Yeah. So how do we move from that into a flow state? So one of the things that I always suggest and people think I'm crazy and they're like, really, that's your big suggestion. I'm like, if you start to move what feels good as a main principle as how you operate. And I will of course give some more clarity on this. Cause I don't mean what feels good as in sit in front of the TV and just watch Netflix and eat popcorn. But if you're actually asking yourself what feels good when you're doing your work, when you're taking your inspired action in your business, it's going to start to point things out for you that are not in alignment. So say for instance, if we're talking about, you know, a business like mine where I offer coaching services and the typical way of doing things is you have this lead magnet and this funnel and this XYZ and you do a webinar and you do that. I actually sit with myself and I ask myself, am I excited to do these steps? Am I, am I excited to create that thing? Am I excited to follow that process? Does that feel good? And if something, for instance, webinars, if they stand out to me as something that does not feel good, then I use that as a message, as a flashlight that shows me an area where I get to be creative. I get to try something different. I get to tell a new story and I get to step into my feminine, which is that creative, which is that receiving instead of just checking off the boxes and doing what everyone else has told me or what other people's freebies say is going to create a business that operates efficiently. And so I'll look at that thing, say, for instance, a webinar, and this is my personal experience. I don't I like it either. Want to do, I didn't want to do webinars. I was like, I don't want to do webinars. I don't want to have the previously recorded webinar where you pretend that it's live and you have the previously recorded chat. So it looks like other people are in there. I was like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And because I listened to my intuition telling me that doesn't feel good. I asked myself, okay, what would feel good? And I created that space to be inspired and step into my feminine and allow my creative juices to flow and come up with another option. And so when you shift your perspective from, oh, it's just checking off boxes and following the way other people operate and use feel good as a principle, as that guiding force, you will often come up to these spaces where you can be creative and actually craft your business in a way that feels really good and is aligned for you. And that always creates more success because when you feel good about something, when you're excited about something, when it's inspiring to you, that energy is magnetic and people are responding to your energy more than your words, more than how clear your image is or how evocative your copy is. They feel the energy. They feel the vibrational potency of the vibration that you were in when you created that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually did a post on that a while ago. You know, I said, what, you know, what, where are you? Like, what energy do you have when you're even just writing a post? 
Yes. And people thought I was nuts. They were like, nobody can feel my energy when they're reading words. I'm like, oh, damn, yes, they can. Well, yes, they can. Yes, yes, they can. So, and it, you just, it's, I cannot explain it. Mm -hmm. You know, I can feel it too when I'm reading somebody else's post and you're, you almost know, like when people say, I feel salesy when, yeah, I, you know, that right there to me, I'm like, okay, well then what that tells me is that when you're writing copy to sell something, you already feel icky. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're and selling when- instead of offering, you feel like you're taking someone's money instead of giving them the opportunity to invest in themselves and receive this energetic exchange that serves them. And it's all about the vibration that we're in, how we feel about it. So if you don't feel great, you need to spend the time and process and put your energy towards shifting how it is that you feel before you accomplish the technical thing. Before you do the work, you must be in that vibration first. Be overdue. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've said that multiple times too. Like you can be, do have anything, but you have to be being, <laughs> you have to be being what you want to be. Yep. Not because necessarily what you are right now, but where you want to be. If you engage in the being first, then whatever it is that you do will be in that vibration, will allow it to work, will allow it to, you know, call in those soulmate clients, will allow you to hit that higher dollar amount, will call in the right people because the vibration and the being is more important than just the doing. It's not just the sending of that email or the posting of that message. It's like, am I clearly able to convey what it is that I'm offering or what it is that I'm selling or the experience that they have the opportunity to participate in and the being again is what people take away. Like, I'm not sure who said that famous quote, but like, people will forget so much about your interaction, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. Yeah. I think it was Maya Angelou. Mm, so good. So yeah. accurate. So true. Yeah. So when we marry those two, like the practical and the spiritual, I think this is where many, uh, I remember when I started really listening to intuition, my intuition, energy, like started actually, I don't want to say believing in it, but maybe awakening to it, I guess, Um, that there were still things that my mind was not wrapping around. Or when I first heard it, I was like, what? what?" Like, I knew it to be true subconsciously, but my conscious brain was saying, are you freaking crazy right now? Like, what? the hell are they talking about? Yeah. The energy recognizes it and feels the truth, but the mind is like, I can't compute. I can't. (laughs) Exactly. So when you're marrying those two pieces together, it can get confusing. Mm -hmm. I say I have, my work has a four leaf clover approach. It's the practical and the energetic and the conscious and the subconscious, because in working in those four spaces, you are able to quantum shift and to collapse time and to move forward with such ease and such grace with long lasting results. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I think I, and I still have a problem with this and I'll be completely honest is the subconscious. Like I understand what it is. I Mm -hmm. understand what it does, 
but accessing it and changing it, I'm still having a hard time with that. Have you ever worked with EFT? No. Oh, let's talk about this. So okay. EFT is a practice and it's one of my favorites. I'm pretty sure I've taught it to every single one of my clients, whether or not they came in being like, yep, I want to learn that. It always pops up even for clients who are like, oh, I actually don't want to put that in my program. It always comes up because it's such a profound tool. So its full name is emotional freedom technique. A lot of people call it tapping and it is a really powerful way to work with the conscious and the subconscious and it utilizes physical stimulation of almost acupressure points or meridian lines with specific language patterns. And my favorite part about it is that you acknowledge where you are. And I think a lot of spiritual practices kind of bypass that. It's all, oh, light and love and oh, higher vibrations and oh, you know what I mean? Spend the time and the energy in your desire. But sometimes we're human and like something's not going well or I'm stressed or I'm angry or I'm irritated or I'm frustrated or I'm, you know, in this current space and EFT really allows us to acknowledge where we are and then it opens up our mind and we're talking to the mind in a way that the mind understands. And we start to pose these questions of like, what if I could see this differently? What if this could be different? What if I had a different experience? And then we show the mind where we want to go and we are teaching the conscious and the subconscious and carving these new neural pathways. And it shows us, it models for us. It actually takes us through the process of starting in this authentic, potentially negative or lower vibrational space and shifting into a higher vibration. And it just marries all of our systems so beautifully and it has remarkable results. Hmm. And, Amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it sounds amazing. So what, what, how does it, what do you do? So you're actually tapping on specific points. So for instance, there's like a point at the top of the head. There's a point at the beginning of the brow and there are points all over, you know, the head, the face, like right underneath the clavicles on the hands. And there are these meridian points that you're stimulating. And then you build a language script that really is focused on working with the way the mind works. And so, like I mentioned, you start your tapping script with authentically identifying where you are and you use the language pattern of even though, and then you insert the thing that you're feeling so for instance, even though I'm angry or even though I'm frustrated or even though my technology stopped working, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. So we're able to love and accept ourselves here in the moment, regardless of how we're feeling. We're identifying that, you know, everything might not be perfect, but I still love and accept myself. Then we move into this neutral space or this opening up of the mind and the energy saying, maybe it could be different. Maybe I could see it differently. Maybe I could tell a new story. Maybe I could have a different experience. And then you really place into your conscious, into your subconscious, and you tap it into the subconscious. You hit those meridian points. So it actually penetrates deeply into the system where you desire to go. And through this process, you actually shift from the current state, from the lower vibrations that you're in up to a higher vibration and you're modeling that behavior for the mind, for the body, for the subconscious, for your energy. And it teaches you how to move from that lower vibration to a higher vibration. And it shows you that that is always available to you. Wow. 
Amazing. So I teach this practice. I create scripts for my clients and then I encourage them to continue to create scripts for themselves and then I'll edit them. We do this like on a live Google doc and I'll offer suggestions or they'll send it back to me and say, okay, you created, you know, one on maybe career or abundance or, you know, aligned partnership. Here are five or 10 or a hundred more that I've created. Will you check them? Will you support me in that? Or maybe I found my negatives, but it's hard for me to find the positive because we want to shift from our lower vibration or our negative or our current situation into our desired beliefs. And they might ask for support and like, okay, what is that true 180 shift? For instance, I've had a client that worked with the current situation of right now, I believe that if I quote unquote, fix myself physically, then I'll be worthy of the partner that I desire. And so we started our script with, even though I have this feeling, even though I have this belief, even though there's a part of me that thinks if I lose this weight, or if I change this, or if I get different clothes, or if I do this, I'll then be worthy of my aligned partner. And we're tapping on that. And then we move into the maybe into this neutral space and open the mind. Maybe I could see this differently. Maybe I could tell a new story. Maybe I could have a new belief. And then the full 180 looked very different than where she first started. At first she was like, you know, maybe I could be okay with my physical self and in being okay with my physical self, I would call in that partner. And that was like her first attempt to get there. And so we tapped on that for a while. And then after we were there, she was like, I feel like there's more. I feel like I could go even more positive, even more aligned. And as she went through this tapping process, she ended up shifting all the way to the physicality has nothing to do with it. I am innately worthy of love. I am innately deserving of an aligned partner. And the more I just accept and witness and release all the limiting beliefs, I let go of the fact that society tells me I'm supposed to look this way. And, you know, maybe my mom said this thing, or my dad said that thing, or maybe a coach here or a friend I saw in school did that. And she started to peel back those onion layers. And eventually the full 180 degree shift, the full positive positive alignment that she then tapped and carved deeply into her subconscious was I am deserving and worthy right now. And I am focusing on myself and loving myself and developing my interests. And that, that makes me magnetic to my aligned partner. And I know that there's that person for me. And I know that they're already making their way to me. And I know that anything that I desire, I'm innately worthy of because it's a desire that I have and it comes deep within me comes from this place and it's meant for me. And so at first she was just trying to, you know, get comfortable with like, okay, I can feel confident about, you know, changing what I look like or doing this thing. And then eventually after the tapping work, she was able to see that it was so much more than that, that it wasn't just about a certain amount of pounds that you want to lose or, you know, choosing a salad more than choosing this, but it was about worthiness and inherent, like, worth and deserving. And she was able to shift that not only in her conscious mind, but deeply embed that into her subconscious. And now she operates from a place of understanding that she's worthy of love outside of all of those other things. And then she's able to choose to do things like working out in a way that feels good and eating well in a way that feels good and, you know, choosing outfits that make her feel good and showing up in her radiance and in her magic. Yeah. Like that, that was like from an empty tank of gas to like full power nitrous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're fast and furious over here. Yeah. 
<laughs> and does it always, I mean, I'm sure that there's always some work that has to be done from where they, where you are now to, you know, full blown power. Um, but is it possible to go from where you are now to full blown power without it uh, tapping in the middle? Like if you already, if you do know that complete 180. Oh yeah. Uh, you can say the like current situation, maybe I could see this differently and you are clear what that 180 is. For instance, like with abundance, a lot of us are pretty clear what that full 180 is. Like even though this is my current situation or even though I'm preoccupied with my debt, even though my last launch made this and I wanted it to make this, maybe I could tell a different story. Maybe I could see this differently. Maybe my reality could be different. And then your aligned belief is I have so much money. There's always more money coming in than going out. I'm able to spend on what I need, what I want, what I desire. I'm able to invest. There's always money in my savings account. My personal bank account is overflowing. My business bank account is overflowing. So you can go directly to your aligned belief. EFT in general, I've seen EFT work immediately, for instance, on something like a physical pain or allergies or something you've been carrying with you. And then I've also seen EFT be this amazing tool that supports you in your process of getting clearer and peeling those onion layers back and identifying and helping you go deeper and deeper and deeper. But it's an extremely transformative practice. Yeah, it sounds like it. it is. Sounds amazing. I'm going to have to do some more research on. I mean, you just explained it really, really well, but I definitely, I'm, I'm a knowledge freak. So I do have to, I want to know everything, you know? <laughs> I hear one thing and I'm like, Ooh, and then I start like Googling and finding books and buying this and doing that. And I'm like, yes, yes. all of the details. Integrate, yes. Integrate, integrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we know that, you know, manifestation has to do with your energy has to do with how you're being has to do with pretty much everything that we just talked about. Yes. Um, I'm sure that there is there more that you could add to, to the definition or the practice of meditation uh, manifestation. Oh yeah. So let's like really break it down simply into the steps. So first off, what is manifestation? Manifestation is calling something from the ether, from the universe, from source, something in your mind, something that you visualize, something that's out there in an energetic space, or maybe depending on what you believe in, if it's in another reality or another parallel universe, and you want to call it into your physical reality. So you want to manifest that thing into your physical space, into this reality that you're experiencing. So that's what manifestation is. And then let's break down the process of that. So first and foremost with manifestation, you want to get clear on what it is that you'd like to manifest. So what is the thing or the experience or the amount of money or the partner? Like, what is the detail that you would like to manifest and get clear on that? That is step number one, of course, of course, of course. I also love to encourage people to get really clear. So even more detailed. So for instance, instead of, oh, I want to be financially stable, it's what is that to you? Is that a certain dollar amount? Is that, you know what I mean? This comes in through my business 
effortlessly and easily? Is that a certain amount in your investment account? Is that a certain amount in your savings account and this much flexibility? Is that, oh, I've purchased a house and now I'm doing this? Like getting clear on what that is so that it's less ambiguous. The more clear that you can get, the easier it often is to manifest. I'm not saying that you can't manifest something big, but for a lot of us, especially when we're first learning the practice of manifestation, it's, it tends to be easier the clearer you can get. Another tip I love to give when you're getting clear on what it is that you want, always work in the positive. Because when you're thinking something negative, for instance, like, oh, I want to get out of debt. I would say that's a more negative statement than I want to exist in financial overflow. When you think about debt, you're actually calling that into the mind and into your experiencing and you're vibrating at the frequency of debt. So for instance, when we say, don't think of a pink elephant, first you have to think of that pink elephant and then clear it out. So you're becoming a vibrational match for the thing that you don't desire, even if it's just for a moment or even if it's just during that thought but envision this as if you're like banking some energy or some coin into the manifestation bank. You don't even want to put a penny or a nickel or a dime or a quarter into the bank of the thing that you don't want. You want to vector all your energy into what you do want. So when you first write out or think about your manifestation, if it in any way, shape or form has a negative connotation or calls to mind the thing that you don't want, or it has a word like not or don't or let go of, shift the language and focus on what it is that you do want. So that's overflow or abundance instead of eliminating debt. If that's, I don't want a micromanager as my next boss. Do you want to say, I, I'm calling in a CEO or manager or boss who gives me so much creative freedom and really allows me to shine because he, he or she gives me space to work in my optimum way. Mm. So we get clear on what it is that we want. Now we have to believe that it's possible. And so I encourage a lot of you technical people to do the research. So for instance, if you want to get a certain dollar amount raise, you have to believe that it's possible. So if that means doing some research on other people in a similar field who got a raise in that way, if that's looking at someone who has your certification or your education or worked in your same business, create the belief and allow yourself to step into the belief that it's possible. And sometimes research is really supportive of that. Also potentially releasing and clearing out limiting beliefs. So for instance, if you have a limiting belief that because I come from this family or because I have this education or because I'm a woman, I'm unable to achieve that or it's not going to happen for me, you have to do the work to clear that out. Because to manifest, you have to believe that it's possible for you. So we want to get clear on what it is that we want. We want to work it in the positive. We need to believe that it's possible for us. And then like we were talking about, we have to feel it. So you have to become an energetic match for that thing. So it's not saying I want a new job and just focusing on the want because want is inherently not having. We want to experience the sensations of having that new job, of being the version of you that's going to work at that new job, that's getting the paycheck at that new job, who's going out to lunch with your new coworkers, who loves that your commute is shorter, who's hanging up their coat and turning on their computer and bringing a plant into your office. Mm. Those 
thoughts and those visuals create a feeling. And when you feel the feelings of being or doing or having that, you're actually collapsing time and calling it into your physical reality. So that's step number three. And then step number four is you need to take that inspired action. And so this catches a lot of people up because they're like, oh, I'm not sure which specific action is going to create my results. And it's not about that because of course we can't foresee the future all the time. Some of us can like peek at it, but it doesn't have to be the exact one-to-one. It's about taking inspired action because you are telling the universe or source or God, whatever you believe in, that you mean business when you take action on it. So it's not just, oh, I'm thinking about this. Oh, I'm wishing that I had this. It's I'm feeling the feelings of having it and I'm taking those inspired action pieces to achieve that goal. I explain this one and use the analogy of the lottery. So if we're talking about winning the lottery as our manifestation, we can get clear on which lottery we want to win, what dollar amount it is. And we're working it in the positive of, you know, I'm not focused on clearing out my debt and focused on winning the lottery, having that lottery money. I'm in overflow. So of course my debt just automatically gets wiped out because I have so much money now then we believe that it's possible. We start to do the research and we see there's someone from a similar town or like people win this all the time. It's a thing that happens. Then we're feeling the feelings. We start to paint the picture and have the thoughts and we envision what we would spend it on. We envision clearing out our debt. We envision buying our mom a house. And we start to feel that euphoria of what it would be like. If you don't buy the ticket, it's <laughs> harder to win the lottery. Yeah. Yes. Someone could give you a lottery ticket in a, in a birthday card, but taking that action allows you to achieve that manifestation easier, often faster, because you're taking that inspired action. You're showing the universe, you're showing God, you're showing source, you're showing light beings that like you mean it and you're taking those steps forward and you're welcoming it into your space. You're creating that energy that calls it in. Yeah. So those are the main steps of manifestation. I always use the analogy of you can't sit on your couch and think that a Lamborghini is just going to appear in your driveway. Like it doesn't happen. You know, Mm. you can do all those three steps, the first three steps, but if you don't do something, yeah, it doesn't just show up. Mm -hmm. It is magic but it's not magic in the, we snap our fingers and it's here. It's magic that there is this beautiful process. And once you learn how to do things like feel the feelings, become an energetic match, listen to your intuition, take that inspired action. Things just start to fall into place. And you're like, Oh my God, this is coming easier. And this is coming more gracefully. And there's like all the resistance is clearing out of my way. Like, oh, I send a resume out for this job that I thought was my ideal job. And because I took that inspired action, one of my friends emails me and is like, hey, didn't you mention that you were looking for a job? My partner or my friend or my mom or my so-and-so told me about this job and it sounds just like what you were telling me about. I'd love to recommend you. Could you send me your resume? Let me do an introduction. Mm-hmm. And so it's not necessarily the one-to-one that exactly your action creates the result, but it's in creating that energy and vectoring it forward and showing up in that way, you're creating that space to call that thing in and collapsing time. Yeah. And when you do that, or the 
you know, I mean, we can do that in any space, right? Like, I mean, we could just be sitting at our desk. We could be right before we go to sleep. We could be in our car. It doesn't really matter where we are when we do those things. Yes. But do you feel like or think that meditation has, is a good place for that? Or is meditation used for something completely different? I love to use that space for manifestation because meditation is really allowing us to elevate our vibration. So that might be a breathwork practice, that might be guided visualization, that might be mindfulness, that might be mantra, that might be transcendental, whatever that practice is. But what it's doing is it's encouraging you and creating a space for you to go inward and work with the self. Of course, when you then include manifestation in that working with the self space, it's super effective. I do not, however, think that means that manifesting in the car and feeling the feelings while you're at your desk is not a worth a worthy practice, though. I think you can sprinkle that all over because your job is to be an energetic match as often as possible for your desires. Right. And I think because this has happened to me and I know that it's happened to others as well, because I've talked to other people about it too, is that you get that toxic positivity where when you don't think like when you're, you're trying so hard to be positive, right? And then when you don't, or you aren't for a second, you're like, Oh my God, I just screwed the whole thing up. Mm, Yeah. You can't screw it up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think that's a huge one that I, that I come to and arrive at with clients all the time. It's like, you can't fuck it up. Like, it's not all of that energy that I put into that is wasted because I had that negative thought. It's that negative thought is an opportunity for me to shift again. Yeah. So it's just like a lesson almost. Yep. Those negative thoughts, those shadow aspects, those lower vibrations are just flashlights pointing us in the direction of where we can be softer, sweeter, more gentle, where we can focus, where we can grow, where there is space for even more magic. Yeah. Amazing. And how do you, um, how do you roll journaling into all of this? Oh, I love journaling so much. (laughs) So journaling and speaking and spelling and writing is truly like casting and and creating a spell and like ordering from the menu that is the universe. And so when you write things down, you are actually like creating. So you're taking something that was once just in your mind and it's becoming, it's manifesting into physical reality. So you are already energetically in the process of manifesting. So why not then use that ability? Like we are all able, or most of us are able to write almost at any moment, create what it is that you desire by writing it and write it out as if it's here and now. Again, wanting is inherently separate from having. So instead of I want a million dollars, I have a million dollars. I am a millionaire. I purchased these things because I have financial freedom. I'm able to do this. I'm on this adventure. Money is never the reason that I say no. Everything is available to me. I purchase intentional food and I give to charities and I invest here. And writing that is like casting a spell, is creating with your words. So I include both meditation and thinking and feeling and journaling and sound therapy and ritual baths and all of these practices in 
all of my practices because they're allowing us to come at it from different directions. And you start to find that certain practices work for certain things or work for certain people. So you're able to listen to your intuition. For instance, writing really worked for me around an aligned partner, whereas feeling the feelings and meditation and guided visualization really worked for me when it came to abundance. And so having that myriad of practices, trying them on for different things really allowed me to listen to my intuition and go, oh, okay, with this topic, I really lean into these. And with this topic, I really lean into these because they worked the, you know, the fastest, the easiest, the most effortless. Yeah, that, that's the best explanation of writing I have ever heard. I love that. I really love that. <laughs> and, you know, when you said, you know, most of us can write, mm-hmm. you're right. There are some of, some of us that may not be able to write. So speaking the words yep. are, is just as, if not more powerful than writing the words. And you can also visualize writing in the mind's eye. So you can have like a guided visualization that I do for a lot of my clients is the chalkboard, the dry erase board, the, you know, having a journal in front of you or writing with a quill pen on a parchment that you can also envision those things. And that can be equally as effective if say, for instance, visualizing is easier or more evocative for you than writing. You can visualize that writing. Yes. I, I have multiple times sat and, and thought about, you know, a picture of something or me doing something or having something. Yeah. Um, and I do, I love to do that, but it does take energy for me to do it. And I, and I think it's just because I'm not, I don't do it all the time. It's like a muscle, right? It's like, a, you know, when you go to work out, you can't just do it once and then think that it's all going to be, you know, you're going to be fit and toned and mm-hmm. just the way you want for the rest of your life. You have to keep intuitions just like working out just like eating well it's mm-hmm. not just that one and done it's the flexing of that muscle it's the building up the muscle memory it's the strengthening it it's the practice it's oh now that i've been doing this now that i've explored the different forms of working out i know what serves different muscle groups that's exactly how you develop your intuition mm. so ex- explain intuition a little bit more because I want to make sure everyone understands what that means. So the way that I explain it is intuition is that deep inner knowing, those messages that when you strip away all of the chatter, the truth, your highest self, your highest understanding, your most aligned awareness. So it's not just the programming that you hear in the back of your mind. It's not just, you know, what mom said to you or what a teacher said to you or the way that you've integrated your exposure to the world, but it is the truth of your soul and the truth of your being that is always there for you, that is always supporting you, that is always nudging you or sometimes shoving you in the (laughs) right aligned direction. And so just like with working out, we want to flex that. We want to get more connected to that. We want to listen to it more. We want to develop, you know, our ability to connect with it because as a human, we have have that intuition, but 
most of us weren't taught how to connect with it, how to hear it, what it sounds like. And so we want to lean inward and find that and start to listen to that and follow that instead of listening to just our programming, instead of going based off of our subconscious defaults. Yes. And for me, I feel it. And it's a very, I couldn't even describe the feeling that, that I get when it's something intuitive and I just know that I'm either supposed to do something or not supposed to do something. Mm -hmm. Like I'm supposed to take the left turn or I'm not supposed to take the left turn. Like sometimes that's where you feel it. Well, I'll I'll tell you a little story. When my kids were younger, they were both in car seats. I was on the highway and my youngest unbuckled her seat. So I'm on the highway, my, you know, not even two-year-old child is in the back seat trying to get out of their car seat. And I'm like, oh, um, I need to pull over into the breakdown lane and fix this. And for some reason, I said, nope, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to stop the way station that's just down the highway. Like, wasn't even a half a mile down the highway. And... No sooner did I say that, probably 10 seconds later, a car came flying down the breakdown lane at at least 100 miles an hour with a state trooper behind it, chasing him. And the guy like went across the highway into like, and I was almost at that way station and into the way station and back across the highway and and, um, ended up in a, like a a mound of dirt. And if I had pulled over into that breakdown lane, me and my kids would be dead. Yeah. That's your intuition. 100%. Yeah. Just like always guiding you in the right direction, always there for you. Those like gut feelings that we get, those true messages, those true nudges and sometimes shoves. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, it didn't feel like a shove, but that was definitely a shove saying, no, 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 we're not doing that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I was really like, had my blinker on, like was, um, I think I was even like probably tires in the breakdown lane. And then I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to wait because I can safely get out of the car, like at the way station and don't have to worry about the cars flying by me. That's not what I was thinking when I was in that situation. I was just like, nope, not going to do that. I'm going to wait. Yep. That's your first sentence, man. That feeling. Yeah. 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 I I mean, that's the biggest, the most dramatic (laughs) instance I think I've ever had was that one. Um, But I've had them before, you know, lots of them where, you know, you're like, even if it's somebody like you just met, like somebody that you might start a relationship with some, you know, our intuition always tells us right in the beginning, yeah. like yes or no. And it's, do we listen to it or not? You know, so most of us sometimes don't because we're so in that honeymoon phase that we're like, Oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and our, intu- and sometimes our intuition is going, girl, no. Get out. <laughs> oh, so much. So Yeah. So I think it would be um, impactful for us to identify the different kinds of style or the different styles that intuition can 
you know, manifest for you. So you were talking about Claire sentience, that like internal feeling of like, oh, I just knew it. I just felt it. It was a nudge in that way. Um, some people get clairvoyance, which is seeing. So they might get like a vision or an idea or like they have a really great connection with their third eye and see things. You also have clairaudience, which you might hear something like you hear a little whisper or you hear a voice. There are some of us who can smell or taste energy. And I actually taste energy. I get messages through um, Claire Gustin's where I, I actually like have a reaction to a taste in my mouth that is there from the energy from someone else or something else. And then there's claircognizance as well, which is just like a knowing, a feeling. So I'm guessing yours was that blend of just like a clear feeling or like clear knowing for that experience that you just shared with us. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, because of all the noise that happens in the world and around us and especially, you know, on social media and in our business, because we're so in it and it's so personal to us, our business, that we don't listen to the natural little things that we could listen to better. We're too busy listening to what everyone else is doing or, you know, what this person, like you were talking about earlier, you know, what this person says I should do or this is how what's going to make my business grow stronger because that person's where I want to be. So I'm going to do what they did. And then, but inside really our intuition or, you know, our higher selves like going, no, no, let's not do that. And I feel the same way about webinars that you do. And it was like, it was a strong no for me. Like I did one webinar. I was like, nope, not doing that again. (laughs) Not for me. And you get to follow that. That's the beautiful thing is that when your intuition tells you that it's always right. So if you get that resounding, nope, webinars are not for me. It does not feel aligned. That gets to work out for you. And I think that's the thing that scares most of us away from listening to it. It's like, oh, I can clearly hear that. Like, I don't enjoy that, but we are fearful that, oh, but if I actually follow what feels good to me, what if it doesn't work? And so it seems safer to just do the thing that someone else has done or do the thing that is common or typical or, you know, most people accept instead of following our own intuition. But your intuition is literally there to point you in the aligned direction. It's always supporting you. Yeah. We're going to touch on it. So when I say, you know, you don't, I personally, and I, as you said, they're not for you. They don't feel aligned. And I want to make this clear that there is a difference between it not feeling aligned and it not feeling good to you and it not working and you being afraid of it. Yes. 100%. Yeah. (laughs) So to know the difference between those might take a little bit of work of you sitting with yourself and really understanding am I, do I not want to do this because I'm afraid or do I really not want to do this because it just doesn't feel right to me? Yes. And then it's starting to understand how your intuition speaks to you. Yeah. So give us a couple tips on that because I'm sure that there are a lot of people that are going, I have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to intuition. Like maybe they, 
I'm sure they have felt it before, but just didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. So two things that I always love to spotlight around intuition, and I will preface with the fact that like everyone's intuition is different. So I have seen exceptions to this rule, but typically your intuition does not yell. Your intuition either like whispers or is like giving you that delivery in a calm fashion. So say for instance, with your example, it wasn't a voice going, don't pull over. It was just like, we're not going to do that. And so I find that the majority of intuitive processes and people's energy fields and clients I've worked with and people I've been exposed to, I have only heard intuition yell or be in that like loud domineering voice for I think like three or four different people in my entire experience. And personally, my intuition has never yelled at me. It's most of the time a whisper, a nudge, or that neutral, just like, I am putting this here for you. Yeah. That's the first And it's it's your ego is the one that yells at you. Yep. Yep. That's a really great place to start when you're trying to listen to your intuition and pull out what are limiting beliefs, what's my ego, what are these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing about intuition is that it's, it feels expansive. It feels good. It feels exciting. It feels aligned. It is not fear-based. It is not, oh, that is going to fuck you up. So go do that (laughs) instead. It's like that exciting, expansive nudge of like, this would be good for you or this or choose this or like over here is something for you. So I think when you partner those two things of listening for the whispers and the nudges and then reminding yourself that it, it should feel good, it should feel expansive, it most often is going to appear in that way that helps you to kind of clear out what is a limiting belief or what is someone else's message or programming or fear or your ego. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Let me tell us a, a story about an intuition for you. Something where your intuition was like, you know, you were, you thought maybe that whatever it was you were doing was the thing. And then your intuition was like, no, come look at this. <laughs> so my, I quit my corporate job last year and And I decided in the course of, I think, two or three hours because of my intuition. And so I had like already started my business. I was, you know, making good money. I was loving working with my clients. Everything felt so good. I was able to manage my full-time job and my own business. And I was pregnant. So I was you know, I loved the comfort of having a corporate job or a steady paycheck, something super consistent, healthcare through that business. You know what I mean? I was going to have my uh, maternity leave covered. And one day I got this little nudge from my intuition and I just heard it's time. And it's funny because now like on TikTok, I know there's the the trend of hearing the Lion King, the like, it is time. And oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was so similar to that. It wasn't exactly in that voice, but it was just this calm little nudge of like, it's time. And within mm-hmm. the course of like two or three hours, I connected with my primary partner and my secondary partner at the time. And I just kind of like really neutrally in a really calm way looked at everything 
And it just felt so right. And instead of questioning and instead of leaning into fear, I just went, you know what? My intuition does not steer me wrong. And because this feels so expansive and it feels aligned, even though my technical mind, my lizard brain is coming up with all of these like fearful things, it feels so aligned. It feels so true. It feels so real. And I like know that this nudges my intuition and I did it. And I have never been so thankful so grateful and things have never worked out just so magically like having my own business and running my schedule around my pregnancy was amazing I got to sleep and eat when I wanted and I got to orient everything in the way that it served me I was able to like really connect with my pregnancy and get so connected and use my intuition with my little one and fill that time with all of these like magical adventures before I had my little one. And then I was able to take my maternity leave the exact way that I wanted and prepare my business for that time off. And then how I wanted to come back and like everything worked out just tenfold better than it could have in a corporate setting. Amazing. That's amazing. Lindsay, this conversation I like I said to you before before we started really diving in here that I, I could talk all day and well, I just in here. time well, and I'm like Ooh, we've been doing this an hour already <laughs> we'll have to do a part two and go into more <laughs> absolutely yes we will have to do a part two because although we did talk about business a little bit we didn't <laughs> Oh yeah, there's so much more we can go into. Yeah, so I think definitely we'll we'll definitely set that up for a part two, and we'll dive into all the business stuff. Yes, yes, awesome. All right, so tell my audience where they can find you. So the main place that I hang out is on Instagram. So my Instagram handle is at O-U-R-A-N-D-A-R-E. So at our and R. I also have a private Facebook group. So for those of you who are female identifying, I welcome you to join my private Facebook group. It's a bunch of soulpreneurs and spiritually conscious beings just living their best lives, supporting each other, showing up for each other. I do tons of free trainings and offer some amazing things in that space. You can also check out my website if you're interested in my one-on-one coaching container, or if you'd like to check out the different ways that you can work with me. I'm also currently launching uh, my newest digital course called Limiting Beliefs. So I'm guessing at around the time that this podcast will come out, it might be close to my second launch for that. So you guys can check that out on my website as well. And that's O-U-R-A-N-D-A-R-E.com. And I would love for you guys to mention if you found me through the podcast, let me know, direct message me, join the group and put that in your intro statement. I love connecting with you guys and hearing what part of the podcast really stood out to you. Yeah, actually at the end of every podcast, I say to all my listeners, screenshot this episode while you're watching it put it in your instagram stories and tag Lindsay and i and and tell us what you loved about this episode what you got out of it and feel free to dm either one of us with questions or just tell us how much you love us (laughs) i love both of those things yeah so Lindsay, again thank you so much and i'm def we're definitely going to do a part two oh yeah so So yeah. <laughs> so everyone, we will talk to you on the next episode.